0: today we're joined by ben Cardle. i hope i'm saying that right i always worry about people's names now ben is well he's a strange duck and i mean that in the nicest way (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) he's a magician a mentalist but i think most of all he wants to be known as a deductionist due to a long time passion of sherlock holmes
1: Uh, yeah Uh, well i i I couldn't have put it better myself I, i started in uh in my performance side in, in terms of magic you know the sleight of hands the cards the coins and all of that um but for some reason i've got a some sort of nerves issue in my left hand so every now and again my left hand just starts to shake uncontrollably oh. and um so I, I don't i don't do that anymore because it doesn't look very professional dropping your cards on the floor and doing whatever it is that you're doing and i was always more fascinated with with people and how they worked anyway, given. My obsession um, with Sherlock Holmes, and the more I started to perform mentalism, the more I started to pull back from things that made it look, you know, like uh, you know the tricks elements, and try to cram in more of actually doing what I what I what I said that I was doing, you know, as part of those part of those uh, performance pieces, and I found that I could marry the whole. Um, sherlockian approach with pretending to read minds uh quite Mm. well
0: so you're in effect reverse engineering people
1: to to a certain degree yeah um most of the time what i'm doing is i like my opening line when i go up to somebody is uh hi i'm ben i'm here for whatever event it is that i'm performing at and i pretend to read minds now immediately someone is what do you mean you pretend and I'm in because you're already because you're already interested as far as that goes. Now, pretending to read minds is just like reading thoughts in the same way that some if somebody does this and smiles, you know that they're <laughs> happy. You know, that, that's a thought read in and of itself. If you can see that it is a genuine smile. And that's when you start to break off all the little pieces of information just from a simple smile. Is it a real smile? Is it a fake smile? If it is fake, why is it being fake? How long does it last? Is it only being shown towards certain people? What kind of people? You know, the more you start to ask these questions, the more information you start to see with regard to whoever it is that you're working for. And uh, that's when you can start to really peel back those layers and start to give the impression that you know things about somebody that you couldn't possibly have known through any earthly means. It's just that with me coming from a Sherlockian angle, I get to try and explain what it is that I do as well, and it gives more credence to it there. You know, it, it's it, fun.
0: It's like people are are part of the adventure rather than a victim of the adventure. They don't feel like um, the sucker, because a lot of magic, I think, is kind of a... Oh, he suckered me. You're yeah. kind of saying, hey, let's play a game. Wouldn't I'm, it be cool if I could blah, blah, blah?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Like um, it, it, one of my old pieces that I used to do was um, it was a stage piece and it was all about the power of the mind. But it wasn't one of those like uh, let's do some telepathy games or telekinesis games. It was more about like um, how much can you memorize and what can you do with that? How much do you believe you can memorize? Let's see if we can do this. Uh, you the know
0: rain man routine,
1: yeah, yeah, and that that's that's where that was born from. you know i I would show people that you can do some wondrous things with this huge muscle that you've got inside your head if you only thought about it a little bit more and um
0: go on now i I have that. I actually have um a video of you, a live lecture. That I found online, yeah. where you're doing the Rainman routine, and what I really enjoy about that is you are breaking down two elements: one which is truthful and technique oriented, and the other one which is complete fakery, like Mark Arts. Absolutely, and and it's it's really I think fascinating to see how they're wedded together, where you're using okay, this is a legitimate technique that's practiced that I've just learned, I'm memorizing these cards, and here's the methodology to doing it. By the way, I recommend everybody get that video. It's a (laughs) fascinating way to memorize the cards. I had never thought of it that way, and I love the visualization angle that you are teaching. I'm not gonna give it away, I wanna sell (laughs) copies for you. Uh, Thank you. you. It's a very helpful trick. Or yeah. technique, I'm not gonna say trick, it's a technique, yeah, that's legit, and then you mix it with oh, yeah, but now I'm doing a French drop, or now I'm yeah. doing a, something, a, a palming technique, yeah, and that's that's powerful,
1: yeah. Well, it's it's what I found through the, the more I started to perform this kind of thing, the more I understood that okay, if I said what I say, if I said what I'm actually doing, and then actually do it immediately. In that scenario, people are going to be looking for the trick or looking for the method. So <laughs> if I, if I say to somebody that I'm memorising these cards, the first thing they're thinking about is he's not memorising the cards at all. He's doing something. So when they're looking for that eponymous something, <laughs> it's not there. You know, right. I am actually doing it. So the whole thing becomes more powerful as a performance piece because I am doing it.
0: And I think there's one thing that I harp on. I believe you know I talk to people like Chase Hughes and Brian Ahern, who's studied under um, Robert Cialdini.
1: Absolutely.
0: I'm very hyper-concerned and focused on ethics. Yeah. And techniques of manipulation especially in like the pickup artist society really disturb me and bother me a great deal so what i like about what you're doing is you're not only um having fun but you're playing fair anyway you're you're laying it out there hey this is what i'm doing uh, yeah. you figure it out hey good on you otherwise not and and it does it makes it fun and again i know I said it earlier but You're not making people suckers. You're making the participants.
1: Absolutely. Because I think what I remember more so about each performance piece that I do, like if I'm ever trying to deduce something about somebody and I get it close or I miss completely, they, you know, the person I'm reading, they are always the first person to go, oh, you were so close or you were this or that. And they're on my side because we're a team working together, you know. If, if it was, I mean, I'm not speaking for all performers because I've not seen everyone, so I don't know. Sure. But 90% of the time, when uh, a, a trick goes wrong, per se, there's always that, oh, oh ha, <laughs> it didn't work, it didn't work, it didn't work on me, you know? And then they, right. put, they put those barriers back up. What I like mostly, aside from getting a chance to practice all the time, what I like mostly is that we get to build this relationship uh, and everyone has fun as a byproduct of it, you know, even if, God forbid, the whole thing goes wrong. You know, they're still rooting for the whole performance piece, which is a great position to be in. And it's, it's often falls by the wayside in terms of like a, a sleight of hand piece, and the card isn't at the number that you need it to be at for whatever hypothetical that you're doing.
0: Yeah, and now I want to jump back to earlier because I, I think it's so relevant to ev- everything you do, um, magic, um, illusion, and deduction. Yeah. And the first thing you are trying to do is find a baseline. Yeah. Now, that is kind of screamingly obvious. Yes, yes, find a baseline. However, you're meeting somebody, you have 10 to 20 seconds to pick up as much information as you can about them to establish a baseline. I think this is helpful to everybody, be they in sales or just want to get along with a new boss that they've never met before. How do you establish a baseline in the shortest period possible? I don't like hacking, but you kind of are.
1: Yeah. What what I do is uh, given those environments, right, they are often uh, weddings or parties or a corporate event where everybody to a certain degree give or take for the, you know the personality inflections is of the same mindset you know if you're at a wedding you're here for the couple if you're at a birthday party you know the person whose birthday it is and you're an extension of that you know there are certain elements that i so the can environment take, control yeah, it. there are certain elements of the environment that i can take as concrete um, in terms of a, a, a root a nucleus almost to work with. Um, So when I go up to somebody, I am a stranger. And like, even when I'm suited and booted, I'm a tall, bearded, bald person that's just charged up to somebody, big smile on his face. It's it's quite a, a rare situation to be in. So immediately from their reaction, if they're quite pleasant in terms of meeting me, they look me dead in the eyes. I know something about their personality just from how they look at me. If, mm. if they understand that I'm some form of performer, they've seen me talk to someone else, and then I come over to them, smile, and then they immediately go like this, you know, and start to try and look away. I know that they're the type of person who doesn't like to really be put on the spot in terms of uh, having the, 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 the spotlight sh- shone on them for however brief a moment that it might be. So I get some idea about them as well just from the walk over.
0: Now, I, real quickly, because I don't want to lose that train, go for it. do you shift to another person? Like not every person is necessarily going to react as well. And I imagine you're not only performing for them, but also the group or people who are around them. Yeah. So if you feel, for example, you mentioned somebody, I guess it's a pejorative, but they yeah. seem shifty. Yeah. Um, are you going to sh- move to another person, like on the fly almost to just gravitate to the one who may respond the best
1: that would depend upon their perceived alpha status within that group if they are oh, the shifty person who's pretending to be uh, everybody look at me because i'm the boss of this scenario or at least they perceive themselves to be the boss i what i'm looking for is the first person that doesn't agree with that so then i'll go over to them uh, okay and, and talk so to we them.
0: missed that part. You're you're actually gauging the group before you even approach.
1: Absolutely. So, it, it's so you've
0: got from, the dynamics.
1: Yeah, it's from the walkover. So you, okay. you're looking you're looking for things like alpha status, uh, whether they're going to respond to me, whether they notice me walking over. You know, if they can look me in the eyes, their smile when they talk to me is always a good one. If it's genuine, part of intrigue of this, or if it's a case of oh yes, well we'll just sit through this and then you'll go away type of thing, you know, you can really start to tailor-make your act, per se, from consciously taking those steps overwards and making yourself aware of them as you do. Because so many people, when they walk over to a group, they will walk over and place themselves in that scenario and then begin to try and gauge what's going on Mm -hmm. ahead of time. When you miss, like, six to eight feet worth of room from a walkover... You know, you get to look at the angles of feet, the angles of hips, people's comfort zones, how they're holding their drinks. Are anyone looking to the doors to go out and have a smoke? Uh, you know, are anyone going to open up the, 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 um, the waves almost like Moses in the, in the seat <laughs> to let you into the group, or are they going to try and close it off in terms of the, uh, their, their, the angles of their body when you turn around? You know, I had, I had a woman just last night who um, when I wandered over to the group, I wasn't talking, so the group was over here and this woman was here, she turned and looked at me and just just put her back to me. Now mm. just because I'm I'm focused on one person, but I've trained my peripherals enough to be able to take that in when I'm not looking directly at them as well. I knew I'm not going this way after I deal with this group because there's it's not right. necessarily negativity, but some sort some form of barrier up over here. So I'll yeah, I will just go and find my way back in some other way. So it's, it's for a successful, speedy baseline in terms of it being relevant and worthwhile, being present in your scenario, just not too much passivity will pass you by in terms of information. It's that whole you see but you do not observe. If you were being present as in, in an environment, you can look someone bang in the eyes when you're having a stood-up conversation And still know what their feet are doing because you're present in that scenario. You understand that when the upper half shifts, the the Mm -hmm. lower half has to shift because this skeleton is all intertwined. Sure. you, You can start to understand their movements of their feet, even if you're looking them dead in the eyes. And it's only being that present in the environment and being that open towards the information around you.
0: Now that brings us, I like to tie other guests together, but I'm um, thinking Chase Hughes is popping my head like crazy here. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: Like when you're approaching the group and you're finding the person, are you deliberately shifting yourself and things like that to force them to move and to follow and to track with you? Yeah. And also, Chase, I think would agree, and I'll put it out there I'm sure he'll let me know. He sometimes listens. (laughs) The alpha or... One who perceives himself as the alpha is often the best target because Chase will go in and do the Colombo routine. That's an American show. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, just a whole disheveled.
1: Yeah. Hmm? I, that's, oh, exactly. that's just one more thing.
0: <laughs> yep. And the different. disheveled, kind of sloppy. I've yeah. seen you do that. Oh, I'm really nervous here. Yeah. Uh, routine. Yeah. And I guess you're relatively tall and intimidating. So you're probably going to do that a whole lot naturally just to calm people down.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's a great, like that, that scenario I was just talking about where there's the alpha and I'll go over to the first person that doesn't think that they are because to my mind, they are already going to be aware of that social dynamic anyway, whether it be spoken or unspoken. So in going to that first person who's given the display patterns in terms of disagreeing with this person being the alpha, I get to see how they interact. Okay. So I get more stuff for free if they're going to chime in and be very uh, heckler based about the environment. And then it's, it's great for me from there to turn straight back to them to see the entire group focus in on this and have me be the dynamic of that scenario what you'll tend to find for, for a performance-based element, you get the people that, that will go after that, like, oh, what am I thinking now then? Uh-huh. And, and I, will, I will always, always cut back with you're thinking about how to take the power back of this scenario because you don't have it anymore.
0: Now, I have a question on that, which is interesting. You've been doing this for so long. Yeah. I'm wondering if sometimes you literally are letting your emotions figure it out and they're usually right. Like yeah. it, you just almost instinctively hear things or, or whatever. Like the person saying, what am I thinking now? You can just rattle it off before they even finish their sentence because you've done it so long. You recognize the patterns and there's a technique called chunking. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but that's yeah. how we read words. You know, yeah. there's 26 letters. It can go every which way in English. And, but yes, somehow we managed to conquer all these words and impossible combinations because we pattern put it together
1: absolutely absolutely what i found as well through through like cultivating my memory in that way immediately when i i see a a person that fits a particular description in mind of this uh you know archetype almost um Mm -hmm. i'm reminded of all of these many different scenarios where i've met this person before what's worked what hasn't And so I get to put that together for this new person to find it out in that in that scenario, and it's all. I I don't know if I'd call it intuitive, but it's almost like um, I've done it that many times that it happens without thinking. Um, Hmm. I I I, I'm quite fond of uh, Bruce Lee's. um, This isn't verbatim, but it's like when he expand, I contract, and when he contract, I expand, and when the time is Hmm. right, I do not hit it hits all by itself. Mirroring, almost. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in in those scenarios, you would know why exactly why the person has said, what am I thinking right now? In that sentence, they've just demonstrated their mood. They've just demonstrated their place within the group. They've demonstrated their thoughts about you. They've demonstrated their thoughts about you involved within the rest of the group and how that's going to have an effect after you leave just through letting a few words fall out of their face that they thought was apparently funny. <laughs>
0: now, do you also um, instigate some of the behavior with giving them a statement that is really hard to refute? I think Cialdini talks about it a little bit by saying, you sometimes, you often will find yourself to be impatient with others. <laughs> and so then that automatically trains their mind to think back to every time they were impatient with somebody. Yeah. And then later on in the same conversation, you could say, you're, you find yourself to be very generous with your time. Yeah, and they will agree too. So both things are true. Do you use any of that to kind of, sort of shift, yeah, in there and kind Absolutely. of take them down a path?
1: If they were, if they were particularly reticent to whatever degree, uh, then I would, I would shine as as big of a microscope on their life as I could possibly see. You know, you know, perhaps talking about. You know when the when the last time it was that they shaved, and you no. know what what side of their of their house that their bathroom is on, you know because it, it's all perceivable. And what I like about those scenarios is you get to see just how much that personal information reflects on them. And I I always end with because uh, I I don't care, right? I'm not a businessman by any stretch of the imagination. I work towards what works to make me a better deductionist and helps me teach these things to whoever wants wants to talk about it so in those scenarios what i do is i will say to them now if i can see all that about you within two minutes of meeting you what do you think all of these people think (laughs) and and what i what i like about that is it's it's either going to go in two ways for me either they're going to be quiet and let everybody else enjoy the rest of the show if they're quite angry about it. Or that brings them back round to my side because I'm sort of saying, look, right, we're all here having a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. Let's be quiet and let's enjoy this as a team. And then if they take that point of settling down, then I get to use something else at the end to make them the hero. I will have them figure out something else about somebody else or help them to I don't know, memorize a deck of cards in a few seconds, you know, something to really build their power status back up so I don't leave them feeling, you know, so. That
0: that makes sense. And you just pointed out something that I um, missed. And do you observe those around them? Because as you're pinning things down, people they know will kind of tell. They will show tells. They'll snicker or they'll, make an expression do you ever use some of that to say yep i'm going down the right path
1: absolutely uh, Absolutely. there was um you know a lot of people would um believe that you can't pay attention to two things at the same time which i am never a big fan of people telling me what i can or can't do i i I will I, i will try and do something as much as possible to see what i'm capable of doing with it But in terms of somebody looking at me, oh, you'll never be able to do that, I'm more of the person to go shut up and watch me. Um, Mm. So like in those scenarios when people say that you can't pay attention to those things around you, I always throw driving into their face. You know, when you start driving, you're thinking about uh, shifting gears, you're thinking about which signal you have to put on and how early you're going to check your mirrors and all of Mm. these things you have to consciously take into effect. Then after a few months... Of being out on the road, you're putting CDs in the player, you're having a conversation, you may be putting some chewing gum into your mouth, and all this while you're taking in life around you right. and reacting to it because you're consciously aware of the scenario. So, you can take that same uh, training towards this deductive angle, you know, in, in terms of you looking at me, me looking at you, you get this periphery. Of what's mm-hmm. going on, or if there are any windows, uh, you know, that are in front of you, I would argue that you'd notice if any car drove by, you know, it might catch sure. your eye in terms of a bit of color, you know, or if there were a particular noise that went on behind you because it's so. Or my
0: notes because I have another question, or which way exactly. can we flow? Um, exactly. How is this going? Did I hear a tell or something you said that I can jump on exactly. and follow that path? So there's definitely a lot of things going on, and you lead into another point. You can obsess on things and prove people wrong. I think you have a story about tobacco products.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so when, when I started um, writing this this second book, uh, it, it's all to do with medical-based deduction. You know, the first one was more about, like, if Sherlock were a real person alive today, what would be in his head to allow him to do what he does? What would be, quote-unquote, possible and what would have had to have been made up for the sake of a good story um and in looking at this medical aspect what came out was uh his ability to recognize uh different types of tobacco ash by sight and by smell mm. and the more studies i read the more work i did because i i i put in the background for this in in terms of doing the a formative degree courses in medicine. I got qualified as a personal trainer. I got qualified as a doorman, all to try and put this stuff to some good use. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, I found out that by smell and by the sight of the ash alone, I could then tell the difference between if it was a cigarette, you know, from the packets or if it was a roll up or if it was mm-hmm. pipes or if it was a cigar, you know, I, I got to the point now where I can tell the difference between nine types of cigarettes by smell. Uh, as well, and it, it's not a, its not as impressive as the the 140 that Sherlock does. Um, mm-hmm. But I found some some degree of truth to it.
0: But you suffered for your craft too, oh, you, didn't
1: my you? Because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm asthmatic as well, right? Oh, good lord! So when when I'm when I'm around smokers for any degree of time, anyway, it affects me. Um, And it was a case of locking myself away with all of these different tobacco-based products, (laughs) pipes, cigars, cigarettes from all over the world, putting them through all sorts of tests and scenarios. Granted, it it wasn't anywhere close to laboratory conditions, but I just wanted to see how this behaved in all of these different environments. And for... Oh, God, for a long time afterwards, my lungs were shot because I was spending like eight, nine hours (laughs) a day just caked in all sorts of fumes and disgustingness. And just, oh, it was like it was like living in a a smoke machine of despair. I (laughs)
0: believe it. (laughs) But now
1: on the flip side, it it allowed me to figure that out,
0: which is cool. And. Thank you for that, because <laughs> that explained a lot. And remember how I said we were just talking about doing multiple things at once. Yes. Yeah. I am paying attention to everybody' your answer, but I'm also trying to think ahead of what we can discuss. Right. Exactly.
1: Two different thought well,
0: patterns. but while you were talking, you just drop one word that opens everything up about you in my head. Okay. Asthmatic. Yeah. And I will tell you why, and you can tell me if I'm completely off my rocker. Okay. or not. Asthmatic. You suffered it as a kid, so you likely were not able to play with other kids as well, like soccer, sports like that. Correct. So I'm guessing, and some of this is from personal experience, you had to sit on the side. And when you're on the side, you're watching the other kids. While you're watching the other kids, you're seeing how they interact with each other. And you feel apart from them, but yet want to be part of them and so you are learning their behaviors and patterns meanwhile you're probably doing a lot of reading because that's an activity you can do
1: absolutely absolutely and
0: i'm that is part of my question i was going to say do you find a lot of what you do to be an innate talent or a learned talent
1: uh well um probably a little mix of both if, I, I, if I were going to be completely truthful. Like um, when I was at school, uh, high school particularly, because when, this is when this whole sort of obsession started to really flourish. Um, sure. I, I was one of those people that was considered the, you know, a popular kid, mm-hmm. even though I didn't really do a whole lot. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't go out with any particular groups at nighttime. Um, but this was mostly because I knew how to talk to people and interact with them which I, I which is lessons I, I I bring forward into my adulthood you know if I want to succeed in a group particularly mm-hmm. for whatever reason I tend to talk how they do to a certain degree or about some of the things that I know that they care about or you know um, if there are you know, quite reclusive body language traits towards a person. Me, naturally, I'm quite flamboyant with the way that I talk. I'm very, Mm. very handsy in illustrators and all the rest of it. So if I were going to succeed in that group, I'd be quite more uh, stoic about the whole scenario. But yeah, absolutely. In terms of, and, and again, that just goes to show that one little thing that you picked up on can crack the lid on so much more information just because you were present enough to take take note of it.
0: Yes, and I think it also talks about, you would said, I don't know how to say it, so you'll have to help me, ataraxia?
1: Ataraxia, yeah, um, don't, don't get me wrong, there were, there were so many, uh, it, it was never a formal diagnosis, it was more of a, my neuroscientist friends looked at me and my brain and said, this is more than likely what it's gonna be for you. It was never anything formal. Uh, As far as that goes, because uh, I don't I don't I've never had to try in terms of processing emotions in the same way that other people are taught, you know, Um, I think
0: it goes back to the asthma. And I'll, I'll just tell you why. When you had it, especially young, were you Were you did you have it severely?
1: Yeah, I was I was off for six months from school at one point for particularly just because of a cough I couldn't get rid of and it was making me breathless for hours at time.
0: Exactly. And not many people have ever experienced the feeling of drowning in air. Yeah. With that kind of pain and suffering as a child. And I had this, I had adrenaline shots to my chest. Wow. Later on, things just don't quite get to you as much. Yeah. I don't – and and it was so funny when you said asthma. It was like everything in my head clicked because it makes so much sense, the observation from the outside. You just mentioned being popular, so you could talk to different groups. You could act like them, but you're not really a part of them. Yeah. They're always other. I'm going to guess that you probably only have one or two really, really close friends, and then everybody else is eh, They're just there. Yeah. So the ataraxia I actually think is just – a calmness that's naturally there because of intense suffering as a child that nothing goes up to that level it i'm a runner for example and running can cause a great deal of pain as you go along but it's never that much pain
1: yeah
0: so just observation no no no, i
1: i i i would i would completely agree with you in, in in terms of that like i never bought into it in terms of uh uh, like an uh, immutable truth about myself, like this was some mm-hmm. sort of heading that I had to live under. It was like, okay, maybe this is you know just some label that I can attach to why it is that I am the way that I am. You know, a lot of the times it'll cause some uh, friction between my myself and my mum because mm-hmm. she's so far the the opposite end of the scale to me that. When she's reacting very uh, emotionally, you know, towards certain things or aspects or so. I mean, like just to give you an insight into my mum, she felt partially to blame for nine eleven. Wow, strange. That, I, I I couldn't agree more. But she would, as soon as she heard that, that hit, she was. Oh, I wish I could have done more. Maybe I could have helped. <laughs> and in my head, I'm going, Mom, what are you even talking about? Um, right. be, and then and things like that cause great friction between us because she sees things through. She's an empath. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I see
0: things. You're compartmentalized. Through,
1: yeah, through a microscope. She's She's got the rose rose tinted glasses, and I've got the microscope to look through.
0: So between you both, you're a relatively normal
1: person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, quote unquote.
0: <laughs> now, I want to. Um, Explore a, just a little bit about what you do. I've okay. heard the term table hopping. Yep. Yeah. A visualization came into mind that you're yeah. going to like a wedding or event, and you just go table to table. Hey, yeah. did you see this? Did you? Now, is that kind of what you do career wise?
1: Well, it, it, it's sort of a mix between the two because um, my my gigs and my writing, uh, they you know they give me enough time to try and work these ideas more. You know, I've I've consulted with the police a few times. I work table hopping. I do stage shows. Uh, I also am uh, a qualified hypnotherapist. Um, so it, there's there's many sort of strings to this bow that I can make work for me in in terms of uh, you, you know doing it for a living. Uh, but table hopping or mix and mingle, as it, it's, mm. it's more more formatively known, is is the biggest source of my income towards this um i i try and go up to the edinburgh fringe uh, as as many times as i can
0: what what is that now
1: uh fringe is um it's like the edinburgh fringe is like a city full of performers from comedians oh. to plays to magicians
0: jugglers, and all
1: jugglers that stuff. street performers Okay. who basically put on shows from anywhere, from theatres to pubs to on the floor outside. They'll put a hat down, and then they just do their show.
2: Hmm,
0: okay.
1: And um, it, it, it's, it's great for me, personally. I, I can't speak for anyone else, but it's great for me because you're very much in the trenches, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no formality about it everything's just the case of you go in, do your show, get out, and then you go and live the rest of your day. People come from all over the world to go there. So it's a great mm-hmm. learning curve in terms of, uh, you know, particular cultures that I'm not as aware of as I want to be for information gathering. I can go and ingratiate myself to them, you know, perhaps show, show them a couple of interesting pieces so I can get to know the group and make friends and learn about them in, in that way. Um, so yeah, I I do quite a lot of things, really. When I when I think about it,
0: well, that's perfect. And I kind of wanted to leave off with that because I'd love to have you back, oh, and wait. I want to start exploring these different things. Uh-huh. Like, we could have a chat about how you help the police. Yeah, maybe a couple of cases. Obviously, you leave the names hidden, and all that. Yep. But the subject matter I think is fascinating. How one goes about being a street performer. How one. So each of these. I feel like is a, another episode. Oh, this one though, <laughs> I wanted to get to know you and your oh. asthmatic self. <laughs> <laughs> um, people can find you at Ben and Correct. that's C A R D A L L for the Correct. last name. Right. Yeah. Um, any, anywhere else? Are you on Twitter or anything like that?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Um, the, the thing that I'm, I'm trying to cultivate the most uh, fondly at this moment, um, is on Facebook. If you already have any, any part of my work, I'm cultivating what I call the network. Um, Oh, your group.
0: Yes. I didn't know if that was private or if you wanted to expand that.
1: No, I like personally, I, I don't care if there's one person in it or 1 million people in it, but I, I I'm trying to get as many like-minded people together because we can Mm. learn from each other in that sense. You know, Uh, are there going to be someone in that group that that knows something about something somewhere that I'm useless at so I can learn from them.
0: Very cool. And I've been in there and it's kind of cool that some of what I've seen where people, one person I know shared a watch and essentially saying, okay, tell me about the owner. Yeah. And I got about halfway down the path. So it was, it's a fun experiment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: I encourage everybody to do that. Even if you just want to try your hand and, you know, see an object and then make assumptions about that.
1: Absolutely. Because it gets you, it gets you more attuned to the more, to the details that are there. Like, um, I, I was talking to, a, he's, he's sending me some messages as well. And he was, he was talking to me uh, about this, the way this guy sat on a chair. Uh, and and then I, I said to him, well, you could also take into account that the chair would give you his size and his religious standpoints and way of life, and he couldn't sure. get over the fact that how somebody was sat in a chair could give you that inkling until I pointed out that what it means to certain people in the world to show them the sole of your foot. And oh yes,
0: that's a that's why the whole throwing the shoe at um, George W. Bush was such a big deal because culturally yeah. in the Middle East. The bottom of the foot is very serious insult. The throwing Absolutely. the shoe is is about the highest insult you can come up with.
1: Absolutely, and, and and as soon as he became aware of that, he was off in terms terms of information. So that's what I like about the network. We can all grow together to try and become something that we didn't believe we could.
0: Oh, definitely. I'll I will put a link specifically to the group in the show notes too.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you. And hey, thanks for coming on. I'm really looking forward to the next combo.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Me too.
0: Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please check out unstructuredpod.com. There you can find all the episodes, free subscription information, and most of the players and even how to contact me. I would love to hear from you. You can even set up a 15 minute call with me about the show or anything you like. Again, it's at unstructuredpod.com and I hope to hear from you. Now, in the spirit of sharing, here are other shows you may want to consider checking out. Thanks again.
2: Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Andrea, it's Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. Hello, Marilyn. Would you like me to connect Mr. Parker to A Mr. A fish Hayes?
0: surrounded by sharks. A secretary cursed by desire and ambition. Introducing the diaries by Donna Barrow-Green. The Diaries, an addictive psychological thriller, satirical,
2: suspenseful, and full of twists. Available on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Or if something I've said has led you to believe I think you're incompetent. It's just been so long since you've given me any encouragements or compliments on my... Andrea. I do notice you. I like that blouse on you, very much. You look very pretty, just as you are right now. Oh, well, I... It's very pretty on you. Thank you. What sort of fabric is it? It's silk. It's lovely. You have excellent taste in clothes. I notice. Would you mind removing your cardigan? My sweater? Yes, so I can see the blouse in its entirety. Why? I like it very much. You see, I do notice you. You know that, don't you? I don't have to tell you I notice these things. You know when I like something, don't you? I don't know. I repeated his words in my mind. I noticed you. That was it, wasn't it? I wanted someone to notice me. Not Andrea, the daughter, the wife, the secretary. Not even Andrea, the artist or ad girl. I wanted someone, anyone, to see me. More than anything, it was Richard. Please don't think unkind of me, dear reader. Hi, this is Kara Mayer Robinson and I host Really Famous. I interview A-list celebrities. I dive deep because I used to be a therapist. This is what Tim Gunn said.
0: I just have this antipathy for the judges. I can't stand being in the same room with
2: them. Tim Daly. If you're not working in LA and you're an actor, there's no worse place to be. Michael Rappaport. I changed schools every year from the third grade to the 12th grade. Disruptive was my thing. Chaz Palminteri. I knew something was going on. I said, I got to talk to somebody. It's really famous. It's like eavesdropping on a therapy session.